For a better breakfast, start with Cheerios. It's made from oats, good old-fashioned nourishing oats, all ready to eat. And now, Cheerios presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful bullet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Hit and Run. Listen. Hear that sound? That sound can tell you how far you walk today. That sound can tell you how far it is from your house to school. That sound can tell you how many miles you travel on your favorite Saturday hike. That sound is coming from an official Lone Ranger pedometer in action. Pedometer, P-E-D-O-M-E-T-E-R. What's a pedometer? It's a wonderful instrument about the size of a large pocket watch. It clicks with every step you take. It measures the distance you walk automatically. Would you like to have one of these official Lone Ranger pedometers? If you would, be sure to listen to Cheerio's newest and biggest offer just a little bit later in this program. working overtime in his office at the Daily Sentinel. Miss Case, his secretary, had been on hand taking shorthand notes of the conversation between the young publisher and a man named Schuyler. Two men across the street from the Sentinel building watched the window of Britt Reed's lighted office. Hey, look in the window, Joe. Schuyler's standing up shaking hands with Reed. Yeah, I can see him. He's just about to leave. That dirty squealer. He'll get all that's coming to him. Flash your light so Sammy can see it and be ready. When Skyler leaves the building. Well, thanks for coming up, Skyler. You won't regret it. I came to you, Mr. Reed, because I knew I'd get a square deal. Count on it. Um, you can find your way at the elevator, can't you? Oh, yeah, sure thing. Good night, Miss Case. Good night, Mr. Skyler. Uh, at 11 o'clock. It's been a long day, Miss Case. But, oh, golly, how worthwhile. Too bad Skyler wouldn't give us names. Well, he gave us everything else about the liquor smuggling racket. He certainly did. And when he goes to the district attorney with his story, he's going to make it very hot for a couple of members of the State Liquor Commission. You really think they're involved in bringing stuff in from other states to, well, to avoid the state tax? I'm sure of it. Well, I'll go out to my typewriter and get busy. Yeah, just a minute. Huh? There seems to be some excitement down below in front of the building. Oh, golly, look at the crowd down there. Now, open this window. Oh, there's a man lying in the street. I'll call the switchboard and see if I can find out what happened. Someone's taking pictures. I just saw a flash gun. Hello? Uh, do you know what's happened in front of the building? It's Clicker Binney. She's on the job with her camera. What's the name? 
And here comes an ambulance. Thanks. Did you learn what it's all about? Mr. Schuyler is not going to be able to identify the liquor smugglers. No. As he left the building, he was struck by a hit-run taxi cab. He's dead. Hi, Mr. Reed. You buzz for me? Yes, Gunnigan. Miss Case is doing a story on the man who was killed by a taxi cab. I'm calling the composing room to stand by for a replay on page one. Right. Make room for a three-column cut. Miss Benny got pictures. She'll have them out of the dark room in a few minutes. Good. I'll play that Skyler killing up. Get follow-up so it'll stay on page one for all editions. Axford will keep in touch with me. He's at police headquarters. What's the latest? The police have several cab numbers from witnesses. Several? Yes. No one was sure of the number. The police are going to run down all the numbers. I see. Well, have Axford stay with it until the driver's found. How about a banner? Good. I'll tell Henry to set one up. Okay, Reed. I'll go get things moving. Get me composing. Uh, how are you coming, Miss Case? I'm almost finished. Nello, Nello Henry, we're going to need a replate on page one and an eight-column banner for the next edition. I'm playing up that Skyler killing. Huh? No, it was no accident. It was murder. Hey, Gotti Burke, it's tired I am and hungry. I don't know why you cops can't find a shorter way of locating a hit-run driver. Maybe this will be the right one, huh? Better be. Something snakes. It's almost ten o'clock in the morning, and me with no sleep. There's a cab in the driveway. Yeah. License number 4061. That's the one we're looking for. Well, we checked 4081, 4067, and 4087. We'll go around to the front and see if there's any dents. Hey, what's cooking? Is this your cab? That's right. Is anything wrong? Where was this cab last night around 11 o'clock? No, S. I mean to say what? Why? Where'd you get that dent in the fender? Gosh, I don't know. Was it there? Hey, listen, copper, what's cooking? What's your name? Pete Lomas. There's my license on the windshield. That picture of me ain't so hot, but you can see it's me, all right. You say you don't know about the fender dent? No. Were you hacking last night? Now, look, copper, I got a right to know what's up. Why are you here asking questions? Maybe this picture on the front page of the Daily Sentinel will tell you. That guy on the street is dead from a hit-run driver. And we got the number of your cab. Holy smoke, look, I didn't have no... Hey, holy mackerel. This is the guy. Huh? Here, right here in the newspaper. This guy's standing in the crowd looking at the dead man. He's the one. He was out here last night. Suffering snakes. What was he doing here? I tell you, there's something funny about this. I finished hacking last night around half past nine. I run my cab in the driveway here the same as usual and hit the hay early on account I've been doing a double duty lately. It's around one o'clock when I wake up, hear a car driving in. I hop to the window and see it's my own cab. So quick like a flash, I'm out of bed. I'm out here coloring a guy that's just getting out of the cab. Hey, wait a minute, fella. Wait a minute. Take it easy. What's the idea of driving my cab? It's all right. It's okay. I didn't hurt anything. If you just calm down and... Are those your pals that just drove up in the other car? Yeah. They're square things with you. Hey, you the guy that owns this cab? Yeah, I am. Well, look, buddy, uh, we don't want any trouble. My brother made a mistake, and I'm here willing to pay it. Your brother? <laughs> yeah. I'm his younger brother. Every once in a while, he borrows a car. Tonight, he borrowed yours. As soon as I found out what he had done, I made him return your cab. 
Here's 50 bucks. That should cover everything. Oh, gosh, 50 bucks? <laughs> well, after all, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. I don't want to make no trouble for anyone. And the guy that gave you the 50 bucks is the guy in the picture yeah, here in the center. Yeah, board. that's it. This fellow right here wearing the gray hat. You see him? Well, what about him? That's the guy. He's the one that came up in the second car. The one that gave me the 50 bucks and said his brother was driving my hack. Suffering snakes, Burke. I can't put my finger on it, but there's a story here somewhere. I've got to tell Reed. He'll know what to do. So I stuck right with Burke while he took Pete, the cab driver, into the cops' headquarters. Well, go ahead, Axford. Then what? They brought in the cab and some of the boys went over it. There were a few threads caught on the bumper, and it was proved that they came from Skyler's overcoat. Then that was the hit-run cab. Yeah, but there were no fingerprints on it to back up Pete's story that someone else was driving it. What about Pete? He was booked on a manslaughter charge. What about his story of the man on the photograph? The cops don't take much stock in that. Well... Very well, Axford. Now you'd better take the rest of the day off and catch up on your sleep. Well, how about you, Mr. Reed? You've been up all night. Well, I want to talk to Police Commissioner Higgins. I, um, I think I'll call him up and see if he's free for lunch. <laughs> well, Brett, uh, what's this? Uh, another prelude? Prelude? What do you mean, Higgins? <laughs> Our luncheons at the Civic Club uh, seem to be a prelude to a night of activity on the part of the Green Hornet. Why, have you mind? What's it about? Rum running. Smuggling liquor into this state. Mm-hmm. And a man named Schuyler who was killed last night by a hit-run driver. I noticed that your paper gave heavy play to Schuyler's death. What's behind it? Mm-hmm. I don't think his death was an accident. No? Schuyler was a member of the organization that's been smuggling liquor into the state. He wanted to get out. Uh, out of the organization? Yes. He planned to go to the district attorney this morning and tell all he knew, including the names of the smugglers and the men on the liquor commission with whom they've been dealing. Hmm. Schuyler knew he'd be involved and would need legal counsel. So he came to me and offered an exclusive story if we'd pay for his attorney's. He was killed as he left the building. Did he uh, tell you anything important? He gave me some facts, some dates and places. But the information is worthless until we can fill in the names. He didn't name his associates? No. Well, uh, we're holding the driver of that cab on the charge of manslaughter. I don't think Pete is the driver. But it's his cab that killed Skyler. And... Pete claims his cab was stolen. Didn't he show you that picture in the Daily Sentinel? Yes, but... He the... claims that the man in the picture was with the man who returned the cab. I know. Higgins... One of the reporters identified the man in the photograph. The police are checking on him. I've already checked. His name is Thorpe. He has a rundown office on the second floor of an old fire trap building on 10th Street. What kind of an office? He's supposed to be in the investment business. But I think he's one of the group that's been bringing liquor into the state illegally. And you think he had this fellow Skyler murdered? Yes, to keep Skyler from going to the district attorney. It, um... It might be possible to break the smuggling organization through Thorpe. It's uh, probably quite useless for me to ask how. Where is Pete's tax cab? We're holding it in the parking lot at police headquarters. What about Pete? 
We're holding him in jail until he can finish bail. Can you keep Pete and the cab where they are until you hear from me? Mm, I think so. Oh, one thing more, Higgins. How many men are on watch at that police parking lot? Well, it's right next to the station. There's usually a half dozen men around, including the tow car crew. Mm. Not so good. Why? Is there, uh, is there any time when one might find fewer? Well, uh, I can always send the tow car out on some business. If it could be arranged for just one guard to be on duty around, uh, let's say, around 8 o'clock tonight... It, uh, it might be arranged. Can I depend on that? Yes, you can depend on that. Higgins, you may hear from me directly or indirectly as the Green Hornet. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Now, listen carefully. How would you like to have a marvelous new instrument that measures how far you walk? How would you like to have a terrific new distance recorder that clicks off every step you take, like this, and registers how far you travel on a colorful revolving dial? Sounds sensational, doesn't it? And it really is. It's the new official Lone Ranger pedometer. And you can have one by sending for it right now. Now, maybe you've never heard of a pedometer before, so let me spell it for you. P-E-D-O-M-E-T-E-R. It's not just a toy, but a scientifically designed measuring device. To get an idea of how it works, just think about the speedometer in your family car. Because this pedometer works in very much the same way. You just set the indicator at zero... Put the pedometer on your belt or pocket, or tie it to your ankle, and start walking. Automatically, your Lone Ranger pedometer keeps track of the distance you cover. All you have to do is look at the dial, and you get an instant reading in miles and in quarters of a mile. At any point, you can check your Lone Ranger pedometer and tell just how far you've gone. Every step you take is a click on the pedometer. Now, just think how handy this official Lone Ranger pedometer can be for any fun-loving, adventure-loving fella or girl. You can tell how far you walk in a day. You can use it on hikes. You can measure the distance from your house to school. Or, supposing you wanted to have a mile race for bike riders. You don't have to guess about it when you have one of these swell pedometers. Just pick a starting point, then walk till the dial says one mile... And there you are. And say, don't forget, this is something that could come in mighty handy in an emergency. Might even save your life. What's it look like? Really keen. The special all-metal mechanism is tightly enclosed in a shiny metal case. It's round in shape, a little bigger than a regular pocket watch. Send for yours right away. Time is clicking away fast. And this offer will soon be over. While it lasts, you can have one of these official Lone Ranger pedometers for only 25 cents. That's amazing, but true. Only 25 cents and one box top from Cheerios, that super delicious breakfast cereal made from nourishing oats, all ready to eat. Now, when you send for yours, just say, send my Lone Ranger walk meter. You don't have to say pedometer, just say walk meter. Enclose your name and address with the Cheerios box top and only 25 cents in coin. 
No stamps, please. Do it immediately and mail to Green Hornet, Box 36, Box 36, New York, New York. Green Hornet, Box 36, New York, New York. Now to continue our story. After his luncheon with the police commissioner, Britt Reed spent part of the afternoon in the vicinity of Thorpe's office. He examined the old two-story building from all sides and talked to a number of people in the rundown neighborhood, asking questions about Thorpe and his associates. After dark in his apartment, he called Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, to his room. I have a plan, Cato, but we can't put it into effect until tomorrow night. How is that, Mr. Britt? Before the plan can succeed, Thorpe must see a certain news item in the Daily Sentinel. It'll be published tomorrow. Yes, sir. And tonight, we're going to make that news. Tomorrow night, we'll go after Thorpe. What we do? And we're going out as the Green Hornet. We're going to investigate Pete's taxi cab. Where is the taxi cab now? In the police parking lot. But there'll be only a single guard on duty. He'll not give us any trouble. Come on, Cato. Follow me. There were over half a hundred cars in the parking lot behind police headquarters. Some were cars that had been found abandoned. Others had been towed in because of illegal parking. Still others had been impounded for various reasons. Britt Reed parked the Black Beauty nearby. Keep your face well covered, kiddo. Oh, yes, sir. There's the guard right over there. I see him. Pete's taxi cab is just behind. You see it? Yes, sir. We'll get the guard from behind. I want him gagged and tied, but he must be completely conscious to see what we do. Quiet now. <coughs> Take it easy, copper, and you won't be hurt. No, you're struggling. You're going to be gagged and tied. Behave yourself. We won't be rough. Get that rope around his wrist. That's it. I'll stay right here with him while I go through that taxi cab. Cato kept a close watch on the police guard, who in turn stared wide-eyed as the Green Hornet went through Pete's taxi cab in a search that was far more complete than anything the police had done. He pulled out the seats and threw them aside, and then the floor mats. And then with a flashlight and a small whisk broom, he swept the bare floor, both front and back, collecting the dust in an envelope. Soon he was finished. Then he returned to the guard. Sorry we had to inconvenience you. I'll call headquarters in a few minutes and tell someone to relieve you of that gag. Do you think Mr. Axford will report what happened at parking lot? Of course he will. And when his story comes in, I'll uh, have a couple of suggestions. Oh, you will go to office now? Not just yet. I want to examine Thorpe's office. This will be a good time to do it. Thorpe's office was dark and deserted, which was just what the Green Hornet wanted. He examined the building from the outside, then let himself in through a window off a fire escape in the rear. When his observations were completed, he sent Cato and the Black Beauty home and went to his office to be sure the Green Hornet's activity in the police parking lot would appear in the next day's newspaper. It was the following afternoon when Sam Bates came to Thorpe's second-floor office. He found Joe there ahead of him. Come in, Sam. Close the door. 
said you wanted to see me, Thorpe. I do. I thought I told you to be careful while you were in Pete's cab. Careful? I was careful. What did you lose in the cab? Lose? I didn't lose nothing. You know how the cops went through it. They dusted it for fingerprints and everything else. Yeah, but did you read in the paper how the Hornet went through it? Well, what of it? He found something that proves you were in that cab. And if he can prove that, it'll prove that Pete told the truth and I lied to the cops. Then where are we? Uh, what'd he find? And how do you know he found anything? He called me up. What? Yeah, just a little while ago. He's coming here tonight. He says he's open to a proposition. What kind of a proposition? We'll talk about it when he gets here. He said he's got something he's willing to sell, and if we don't buy it, he turns it over to the cops. Think hard, Sam. You must have left something in that cab. But I tell you... Skip it. You'll be here at 9 o'clock tonight. You and Joe can be hidden in the other room. I'll talk to the Hornet, and when I give the signal, you boys come out with your guns ready. 9 o'clock, huh? Well, I'll be here. That night, the Green Hornet guided the Black Beauty to another spot near the police parking lot. But this time, his plans were quite different. There's the same guard, Cato. You give him a chance to let out a shout of alarm, and we've got to get away fast and take him with us. I understand. I hope Axford and Burke don't let us down. Already. Now. What did watch it? Shoot again. No, you don't. Leave your gun where it is. Help! You fool. Now I've got to gas you. It's the hornet! It's the hornet, boys! Come back! You asked for that. I have to carry him to the car. Can I help? I can carry him. You go ahead and start the car. Burke and Axford are right on the job. You drive while I tie the guard before he comes to. Yes, sir. Get going. Turn my flashlight over there. Uh, I see it. It looks like a wallet. Come on. I was sure I saw something drop. Golly, a wallet. Maybe there's identification in it. Here, you hold the light. I'll inspect this thing. Hey, Burke, you needn't snatch. And you needn't be all the time interfering with official business. Now let's see what's in this wallet. Nine o'clock found two men in Thorpe's office. Sammy paced the floor nervously, while Joe sat quietly examining a revolver. Now get it straight, boys. When the Green Hornet comes, you two go in the next room while I sound him out and see what he has to say. The door locks, so he'll have to knock to get in? Yeah. Well, I wish he'd come and get it over with. Relax, Sammy, relax. That's good advice. What? The Hornet dropped that gun. I mean you. All right, all right, don't get sore. I must be slipping. I forgot about the fire escape outside the window of that back room. And these things, fire escapes. Well, now that you're here, start talking. First, I've got to make sure you boys don't play with firearms. Sit still, Thorpe. No gun, eh? Never use them. How about you? Now, look here, Stand honey. still. Now, oh, the meeting will be peaceful. Now, yeah, one thing more. I'll unlock this door. I might want to go out that way in a hurry. What's on your mind? Over the phone, I told you I could prove that your pal drove Pete's taxi cab and killed Skyler. I know you went through the cab last night. What did you find? It's in this envelope. The price is $5,000. What if I don't pay up? You'll pay, Thorpe. You've got to pay. 
You're involved in murder just as much as Sammy, even though you didn't drive the cab. Even if you prove I do that cab, you can't prove I ran Skylar down on purpose. The worst I'll get will be a charge of car stealing. You're forgetting the things that had come out if you boys were taken in by the cops. Just remember that Skylar talked to a newspaper before you killed him. It won't take the police long to put everything together. They'll soon have the whole story about your liquor smuggling. You're well informed. You could be held without bail on a murder charge, and while you're in jail, the law could go through your books and files and learn about your rum running. And the men you've worked with. The men higher up. Thorpe. Thorpe, you better pay him off. You can get most of the five grand back from Harold and Stanford. Those are the boys on the liquor commission. Sam, you talk to What's the difference? This guy's got his peg. Give him the cash and get that evidence. Let's see what you got in that envelope. Fair enough. Let's see the five grand in cash. Hey, someone's coming. Huh? Lock that door. Hold it. But if someone comes... Stay where you are. I like company. Come on, boys. It's a lock. Where's that green hunter? There he goes. That rear door. You must stand where you are. Hey, what's the meaning of Let this? Let me out of here. You got nothing on me. Stand still. Watch these three punks, boys. I'm going after that masked hornet. Burke! Burke, he's locked his door. Bust it down. Now, hold on. You can't come to my office Save it, like... Thorpe. Here goes the door. <laughs> Good work, Ashford. Uh, that window's open. You guys keep an eye on Thorpe and his pals. All right, Burke. We got him. Burke! Burke, look outside this window. The guy that's here on the fire escape trussed up like a turkey for cooking. Get that gag out of his face. Burke, give me a hand first. I've got to drag him in. Uh, uh, there he is. Uh, Oh, I got me knife right here. There you are. Uh, right. It was a hornet. The hornet brought me here. We know it. We found a wallet he dropped. It had Thorpe's address in it. The hornet's down there. You can see him getting in that car. Touch, Spalpin. There he goes. We better get out of here. No, wait, Burke. Listen to me. I heard all that was said between the hornet and Thorpe. I heard plenty. Thorpe admitted that he and his pals murdered Scully. But that's not all. Thorpe named Harold and Stanford a liquor commission. He was working with those two smuggling liquor into the state. Well, the bar... We'll find proof of everything in Thorpe's records in his office. Come on, Buck. Let's go. And then, Reed, Pete picked Sammy and Tarp out of a lineup at police headquarters, and Sammy broke down. He turned state's evidence and told all about how Thorpe plotted to kill Skyler. Well, you must have had a busy evening, Axman. Oh, that I did. And there'll be more tomorrow with the law calls on those two birds with the state commission. Good. But uh, what about that envelope you mentioned? The one the Harner tried to sell to Thorpe? Yes. <laughs> Nothing in it but dust. <laughs> you know, Reed, what with abducting the guard and dropping that wallet and leaving the guard where he could hear what was said... The Harnett couldn't have been more help to the law if he was a special agent or the police commissioner himself. Axford, do you think the Green Hornet might be the police commissioner? No, but by golly, I sometimes think he'd make a good one. That wonderful new official Lone Ranger pedometer. You've heard how it works, how it automatically measures the distance you walk. Now, fair warning. 
This may be the only chance you'll have to hear about it. Supplies are very limited, so send for yours at once, without fail. Send only 25 cents in coin, one single quarter, and one Cheerios box top to Green Hornet, Box 36, Box 36, New York, New York. Green Hornet, Box 36, New York, New York. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by Cheerios, the breakfast cereal that's made from good, old-fashioned, nourishing oats, all ready to eat. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. This is a George W. Trundle production directed by Charles D. Livingston and written by Franz Dreicher. The part of The Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night, at the same time over most of these same stations, we bring you another excitement-packed adventure of the Old West when the Lone Ranger rides again. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.